Hello everybody, Paul Jancarella here from Speaking to Empower, and I wanted to bring you another podcast episode from Marketing Motivations. And today I'm going to cover two days, because yesterday I was a bit inundated with things and with appointments and schedules and such. Uh, It's tough to commit to a five-day-a-week podcast. But I'm not here to make excuses, you know? That's not what it's about. So I'll, uh, I'll see what you guys think of this episode coming up right now. Okay, what makes you think you can or can't do something? You know, you've heard it before. If you think you can or you can't, you're right. But this is what makes you think you can or can't do something. It's your paradigm. It's your mental program that has a um, control, if you will, over your mental, habitual behavior. And, you know, a majority, if not 90% of our behavior is habitual. Paradigms are extremely important to learn about in your specific life. What's keeping you from doing particular things? And on the good side, what's keeping you from doing you know, positive things. You know, it's, it's, it's your paradigm. Paradigm is not just a negative thing. It's, it's also a positive thing. But if we have a negative uh, behavior, we're gaining weight, and we want to get rid of the weight around our midsection or our buttocks or whatever have you, you would not have to focus on the behavior. We would focus on the paradigm. And what's causing you um, to be sedentary and, and complacent about your um, figure that keeps growing, if you will. When you get to the root of it in your paradigm and you can change that paradigm with a positive one, say of one eating healthier and perhaps even working out, that will um, change things immensely for you. But it all has to be from a learned standpoint. You know, you can't just go into it helter-skelter. You have to learn the behavior and then learn how to replace it. And, And that can happen in a, you know, as quick as a day in some cases. In other cases, it can take three, four months, or even years, for crying out loud. But it's depending on you. So, the point of the matter is, get to know yourself better. Get to know what your wants are, your objectives, your desires. Most people really don't know that. They speak you know, um, vaguely, I'd wanna, I want a million dollars or I, I want world peace. You know what I mean? They don't have 
specific desires. You, you need to establish those because once you start thinking about those desires that you want, your thought patterns start to shift and things start to happen in, in the positive realm. But it's a constant thing. You know, it's just like you didn't get heavy overnight. You know, you're not going to change it overnight either. So I ask you this question, which is a bit of a shift, but which is more powerful, forgiveness or repentance? And really, there's no right answer. Um, both of them can be very difficult uh, to forgive someone and also to repent for something that you have done wrong. So think about that one. Um, and they're both critical when it comes to succeeding, truly succeeding in our life. And I'm not coming at you from a spiritual sense, uh, although that, that is an important uh, aspect in our salvation, but being able to forgive someone and being able to repent after committing a wrong uh, are are really critical. And Darren Hardy yesterday said, um, this is your guide to thrive, not survive. And he says, the reason why you're left feeling not good enough. You know, and good, Darren says, is no longer good enough. When you're good, you're done. You know, great is only a, a survival rate. You know, excellence is where you will thrive. You know, what worked in the past, unfortunately, won't work now, for the most part. You know I mean? There are a lot of good marketing uh, material uh, from, you know, turn of the 20th century. But, you know, certain things that worked well, you know, uh, in the past. In the past, meaning, you know, maybe three or four years ago, you know. So there's, um, there's, there's a lot of um, validity to that. We must find out how to get better, you know, truly better, not just making more sales or selling more products or, um, you know, being a better employee, so to speak. Uh, we need to find out how to get better, truly. And let others, but not you. And that's an interesting phrase. But ponder that and think where that's coming from. And the insight of the day yesterday was forever is composed of nows. You know, what, what's happening in the future and what will happen in the future continually is what you're going to be doing in the present. And Matthew Kelly says, you know, who do you say that I am? Those uh, Biblical people 
or churchgoers will recognize that that's a passage in the gospel. Uh, and I don't know which gospel. I don't know if it's in all four or one of them, three of them, two of them. But nonetheless, uh, Jesus asks that of his disciples. You know, we all, according to Matthew Kelly, must answer this question. And, and not answering it is answering it. You know, some say he's just a nice guy and this, that, and the other thing, but there's more to it than that. You know, history itself has been shaped uh, by not only this, this man and divine person, Jesus, he's 100% man, 100% God, uh, I, I dare to argue that the 12 apostles... Judas killing himself after basically betraying Jesus. So Matthias was the was the twelfth voted in. They, all of them, were proclaiming his name and sacrificing their lives for what they believed in. So there has to be something more real than just a nice guy or a prophet. I say this to you because we need to be as passionate as the apostles. And I'm not saying Bible thumpers or whatever, but I'm saying doing the acts of of goodwill, generosity, kindness, um, humor in a certain respect, you know, making people feel comfortable, uh, being charitable, which is, which is essentially loving. If we do these things, folks, it doesn't hurt, and it does make us feel better, even if it doesn't affect the person that we're trying to improve. Because when you change yourself, the world changes around you. And you don't understand that until you see it. Every mistake brings with it opportunity, choice, lesson, and inspiration. And I'll be candid with you folks. I had a difficult time swallowing uh, the last word. You know, every mistake brings inspiration. I, I really wouldn't say that initially. But thinking about it, I, I could see where you might be inspired to get better, to correct what you've wronged, to thrive in, in, in getting ahead. So there can be some inspiration there, or at least being hell-bent to, to do a better job. So that, um, that's my take uh, on that. When it comes to my contemplative meditative prayer last night, I just try to focus and clear my mind. And I do that for five minutes, which feels like 10 hours. <laughs> uh, and I try to, you know, clear thoughts out of my head and, and when they come in to dis dismiss them, uh, which really is, to be candid with you, difficult for me to do. But anyhow, 
a, a phrase came to my mind yesterday when I was doing this, and it was, we don't have to wait for the Lord. The, the Lord is waiting for us. So, are you ready? You know, uh, that's, that's in a nutshell. Today, I wanted to share with you to let the Lord, or God, or whomever, love you. And then, see what happens. You know, Chris Stefanik, uh, great, um, great speaker, I guess you could say a great Catholic speaker, you know, is allow that to happen, because it can, if you focus on the right things. Yes, it's difficult to do if you focus on negativity, watching the news, and talking to negative people, and jump in on, on, on social media rants. But just let the Lord love you. And that can be a, a, a walk with a dog, a, a breakfast talk with the, with the spouse. It, it can be a number of things, very ordinary things. So I would ask you to try that out for size. And the thing I was told yesterday was, be where your feet are planted. And this quote is attributed to a um, few people. But nonetheless, be where your feet are planted. In other words, focus on being present wherever you are. You know, I took the dog for a, um, I don't know, 0.4 mile walk, you know, whatever it was, maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes, depending on his sniffing. And I was walking down a street, and I said, holy cow, I walked this whole street, you know, just in a fog. Meaning I was texting one person, which I wasn't present in the moment of what was really going on. And I just kind of zoned out uh, thinking about things. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but my point is recognize your presence, recognizing what you are. Take everything in. Take a deep breath. You know, try to deep, breathe deeply, you know, four times an hour. You know, once every 15 minutes. No, I, I think that was my first deep breath of the day, aside from my cardiovascular workout, but, you know... Practice what you preach, you know, and, and, and these things will, again, come to fruition. Uh, the other aspect of that is being present with our spouses. And folks, it truly is impossible to do if you have your cell phone in hand and watching a video or texting someone and you're talking with your spouse. Now, again, is there much harm in that? Well, maybe, maybe not. point that I'm making is, is if you remove all distractions 
you can have a much wholesome conversation and you may be able to to be more compassionate, be more loving, be more kind, you know, kind of like you do to a stranger, but yet you don't do to your spouse and kids. So take that into consideration as well. And again, everything that I'm throwing out at you, I'm, I basically have a mirror in front of me uh, trying to absorb uh, the, the same message. One, I wrote it. Secondly, I spoke it. Uh, now I have to do it. I have to live it. And it's good to know it. And better to say it. But critical to do it. And that stems just from what I said to you folks. You know, uh, whatever the being present or the, the task is, it's important to know it. Yes, it's very uh good to say it, but it's critical to do it, the action. You know, we need to, to do action. Even if it's a half of a step, it's better than no step as far as making progress. And you'll be amazed, you know, just, just in 10 months alone, I, I, can't, ima I can't imagine how, how I, quote unquote, used to be. I feel the same in a certain respect until I start looking back and connecting the dots. I'm like, wow, you know, there, there's been some, some real growth there. So I need to be aware of my resting face because it's a frown. You know, I was on a Zoom call today and, you know, there was six of us and I'm, you know, listening and hearing what everyone has to say, and my resting face is a frown. So I, I need to work at that to be, to look more, um, I guess, more friendly, more appealing, more approachable. You know, may, people may think, oh, geez, he's in a bad mood, you know, and that's certainly not the case. So I, I was very fond of a speaker coach of mine uh, on one of my courses, her resting face was a toothy smile for crying out loud. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that's wonderful. And it just came natural. It, you know what I mean? It didn't look uh, faked or, or created, you know, it was just a natural look and it really made her uh, more beautiful than she, she already is. So just figured I'd throw that out there. I wish I spoke Portuguese because my wife speaks it, my mother-in-law lives with us, she doesn't speak English, only Portuguese. But my wife says, no you don't, because if you did wish to speak it, you'd have learned it 22 years ago. Plus, half the things my mother says are disparaging toward you anyway. <laughs> So maybe there's a reason there. You know, maybe there's some divine intervention why I never really learned Portuguese. But, you know, to learn a language shouldn't be hard. You know, babies do it all day long in Europe. You know, three, four languages. That's, how it, that's the norm. You know, that's how things are. Um, today's Darren daily message was, was pretty good. It says, do you have a challenge? 
well, do this. And Darren says, this story will bring a tear to your eye. And the way that he said it, I think it was pretty emotional. But what it was is Warwick Dunn. Warwick Dunn was a, um, a famous, well, I say famous, it was a professional football player that spent 12 years in the NFL. However, he was only 5 foot 8 inches tall and 180 pounds. And for those of you living in the metric system, I don't have the conversions on me. But anyway, he was the smallest person, person to rush for over 10,000 yards. And when he was in high school being recruited by colleges, uh, Bobby Bowden from Florida State in 2007 really took a liking to him. And his mom, who was a police officer at the time, um, felt the same way about Bobby Bowden. So Warwick decided to go to school in Florida State. That was until uh, soon after his senior year graduation, his mother was shot down. Uh, she was doing a security detail and was gunned down by someone looking to rob the uh, van that she was escorting the driver to. And naturally, you can imagine how tragic it was, especially where Warwick was the oldest of I don't know, four or five children, and he was just in such despair in a certain respect. And Bobby Bowden even urged him to stay in Louisiana and go to LSU so he can be with his family and, you know, save the travel. But Warwick said to him, no, my mom and I were, were set on going to Florida State. I'm going. But I will tell you, I'm going to need a little bit more room because I'm taking my siblings with me. And he did just that. And he, uh, in spite of all the challenges and the turmoil, was able to raise his family and have a successful uh, college career at Florida State. As a matter of fact, he was drafted by uh, Tony Dungy in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, and people were, you know, awestruck because he was such a small running back and there's no recipe for success with someone with those characteristics in the NFL. And Tony said point blank, you know, some people measure by height and weight, but I measure by the size of their heart. And he hit a home run on that one because Warwick had a very, very fruitful NFL career. Uh, and believe it or not, he even was able to forgive the man that was sitting on death row for killing his mom. And as a matter of fact, 
when he met him in person, the uh, criminal said, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. And Warwick, after about 20 minutes, stopped him and said to him, I didn't come here for you to lie to me. I forgave you because that's what we're all called to do, as I alluded to earlier about forgiveness and repentance. And we don't know uh, if any of that had sunk in to the prisoner. But Warwick did say, Mom said you can be bitter or better. And which do you choose? You know, and I, I thought that was just so profound. In today's uh, insight of the day, you know, happiness is something for something, excuse me, happiness is something you design for the present. It's not a, I'll be happy when. So understand that and try to live that. And Brian Schutz says, you give life to whatever you give your energy. You know, it's what you think about comes about. It's the exact same thing. So give life to things that are going to pay dividends down the road, that are going to help you by helping others in whatever way you can. It's thousands of ways. And finally, uh, gratitude and attitude they're not challenges, but choices, just like emotions, love, happiness, you know, they're emotions, but also choices. So that's it for today, folks. Um, I will plan on checking in with you tomorrow. And in the meantime, be well, stay well. We'll talk to you soon.